Voice of St. Louis original podcast. Let's wrap up the week by wrapping up what you need to know from across the St. Louis area in the St. Louis All Local from KMOX. Today is Friday, August 11th. I'm Michael Calhoun. Our top local story, St. Louis County Police are looking for two men who broke into a Spanish Lake apartment wearing black clothes and ski masks who attacked a resident and left with a two-year-old baby girl. The girl was found safe and sound two hours later at an address in St. Louis County. This woman, who lives a few doors away from the scene of the abduction, says... You never know. Hearing that something like that happened so close to me is absolutely terrifying because you would think you live in a place where you're safe and sound, but at the end of the day, that just proves that you never really know what's going to happen. You never really know who you're surrounded by. Others in the apartment complex in Spanish Lake say it was some kind of dispute between the mother and father of the little girl. Police are still investigating. Kevin Killeen, KMOX News. Gun control advocates are reacting to today's Illinois Supreme Court ruling upholding a new law banning many assault-style weapons and attachments. Representative Bob Morgan, who was at the Highland Park July 4th mass shooting, says it will help. For so many people throughout the state, from East St. Louis to Rockford to Chicago to Waukegan, because gun violence is so destructive, and there are things that we can do to reduce it. This is a step in the right direction, and we know there's more to do. Gun rights advocates say they are counting on a federal lawsuit they believe will supersede the state court's ruling. The author of a bill to rescind the moratorium on new nuclear plants in Illinois reacts to Governor Pritzker's veto. State Senator Sue Rezin says with the decline of coal-fueled electricity, nuclear has to be expanded. The wind doesn't always blow and the sun doesn't always shine, so wind and solar cannot provide the capacity that we need for reliability and resiliency. The governor said in today's veto message the bill was too vague about what constitutes advanced reactors, and it lacks regulatory protections. I think we just don't have enough money to pay them appropriately. At State Rep Paula Brown, the longtime educator in the Hazelwood School District, says she doesn't have the solution to the funding discrepancy between the Ladues, Pattonvilles, and Claytons compared to rural areas of Missouri. Who have a lower, much lower tax rate, getting much more money from the state. There's still a cap on what they're getting. So they only have so many dollars. It takes this much money to, to run certain programs that are really important for kiddos. Brown says the state couldn't increase teacher pay this session with a budget surplus because that was one-time money that will run out. A shove at a grocery store lands a shopper in big trouble. A 63-year-old Bridgeton woman is charged with a felony for assaulting a Schnucks grocery store robot. Badia Thomas is accused of first-degree property damage after she allegedly knocked over Tally the robot at the Schnucks Unnatural Bridge on May 9th. Surveillance video and a purchase receipt reportedly led investigators to Thomas as the suspect. They did not give a motive. Sean Michael Lyle, KMOX News. The Cardinals are heavily discounting tickets, some upcoming games for as low as $6, and turns out that St. Louis has the seventh least expensive home game tickets in the league. The Post-Dispatch reports the team expects to sell 3.1 million tickets, down from last year's 3.3. There is a broader impact, too. Taxes collected around the stadium last year totaled $157 million from April to June. This year, that total is $89 million. You won't find anything like this anywhere else in the country. It's Blues at the Arch Festival, which kicks off today and runs through Sunday, the only festival of its kind to take place on national park grounds, and it's free to attend. Hosted by the Gateway Arch Park Foundation and produced in partnership with the National Blues Museum and National Park Service, the festival kicks off tonight at 5 with music from Ms. Renee Smith and then Sugar Ray Rayford. 
He's the winner of the 2023 International Blues Foundation's Best Blues Soul Album Award. There will be cocktails, beer, plenty of food for purchase, a kid's corner, and on Sunday, a ticketed blues brunch on Laclede's Landing with the Robert Nelson Band. Debbie Monterey, KMOX News. The Boardwalk Waffles and Ice Cream Empire may be melting. The original and flagship store on Maplewood in Manchester is now closed with a large for lease sign posted in the windows, according to the Riverfront Times. This comes after landlord disputes closed a store in Soulard and prevented a store from opening on South Grand. The RFT reports a promised boardwalk in Midtown has not opened. A location on Telegraph appears to still be open. The KMOX Business Desk, news for flyers of St. Louis's largest and hub airline. Southwest passengers will soon have more travel flexibility. The carrier will allow same-day standby for passengers with the cheapest tickets. The airline is also adding the ability to get on the standby list online or on its app. Courtney Donahope, Bloomberg Radio. As the news continues on KMOX, events designed to give St. Louis teenagers something to do and keep them out of trouble downtown drew criticism from residents this week. Those residents say groups of young people roamed downtown till 3 in the morning. KMOX's Megan Lynch called Jessica Myers, director of the St. Louis Area Violence Prevention Commission, to get her response. The downtown youth zone events are really an outgrowth of what we heard from youth. So we have been engaging with youth and we heard that they really want safe, gun-free zones where they can have fun, where they can be kids, where they can be teens. And so we've partnered on the downtown events with the Downtown Community Improvement District, the St. Louis Association of Community Organizations, or SLACO, Change, Safe Street, Safe Neighborhoods, and Sankofa Community Center. They have all partnered with us on different pieces of planning these downtown events and making sure when we see the 300 kids that we had over the weekend, that they can come and they can feel safe being together and listening to music and socializing with their friends and just having fun safely. So as you know, that event actually drew some criticism, not for the event itself, but for the fact that some of the kids apparently stayed downtown well into the early morning hours. Citizens for a Greater Downtown St. Louis uh, we're questioning whether this is actually a good idea or not. How do you respond to that? We had a team and staff members that were downtown to oversee the dispersal and the end of the party. Um, the vast majority of youth that were downtown for this party were gone by midnight. Um, there were a few youth that stayed downtown, but I think the the misconception is that there was a large number of youth that were still downtown, and that just wasn't the case from what our team saw. They saw youth um, getting in their own cars. They saw parents picking up youth. The vast majority of the kids that were at the party and the vast majority of um, the youth were actually gone by midnight. And we even had staff there later to make sure that there weren't large numbers of youth staying downtown. I was going to ask you about that transportation piece. I was reading an article about Chicago, which has had some similar issues with teens loitering in their downtown area. And one of the suggestions was made that maybe it's a transportation issue, that in the early evening hours, it's much easier for teens to get into downtown areas through public transportation. But by the time it gets late at night, it's harder to access those means of transportation. Um, what do you think of, of that thought? That's part of the reason that we planned the downtown youth zone for 7 to 11 p.m. 
While some of our other activities, like the recreation centers, might be open till 1 a.m., we wanted to make sure that when we were engaging with youth downtown, that the event was ending at a time where they would have multiple options to get home. And that's what we saw. You know, we saw teens and young adults getting into their own cars. We saw parents picking them up. Some took public transportation. So I think we saw it working um, regardless of any transportation concerns. Is there another event this Saturday? There is not an event downtown this Saturday. We are partnering with the Office for Violence Prevention, and they are working on a three-on-three basketball tournament this weekend. And so that's the focus this weekend. We will have future events starting August 19th, but those will be in locations around the city. So they won't necessarily be in that same downtown location. So based on some of the criticism that you did face for the teens who did stay downtown until summer saying two and three o'clock in the morning. Is there anything you would change about the team, for example, that was, you know, trying to help kids get out of the venue and, and get back out of downtown? We always want to learn from every event. Uh, we never think that we have it down from the very first event. And we've been doing these events since June. So we've had a lot of lessons along the way. But I think um, it's important to note that we had security on site. We had school resource officers with handheld metal detectors that were deployed as youth ambassadors. We had violence interrupters that were on site to make connections with the youth and diffuse any conflicts that might have come up, which really didn't. Um, so, you know, we took a lot of steps and having additional team members that were there at the time the event ended to help folks disperse safely. Um, so, yes, we will learn lessons after everything. I think the headline, as far as we're concerned, is that we were able to invest in bringing 300 kids together in our city no one was injured, and because of that, we've shown through our partnerships that we're willing to invest in these youth, that we hear what they're asking for, and we care about their safety. That's Jessica Myers, director of the St. Louis Area Violence Prevention Commission, talking with KMOX's Megan Lynch. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe and stay up to date by searching for St. Louis All Local on your favorite podcast app.